Exactly. You have to have something to look forward to on the other side of that really hard moment. And I've encouraged everybody in my life, everybody, open your own business. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years. And I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I wanna share with you. I am here to A, learn more, because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get it. Thank you so much, Christine, for joining me today. Just so the audience knows, you are a good friend of mine that I have met in the last, what, two year? Year. The last year. Yeah. Yeah. In Miami. And Christine owns with her husband and her husband's cousin. Cousin. A business called Dade Plant Co. And so Christine Keller, thank you so much for being here with me today. Absolutely. And if you wouldn't mind just telling us about your business. Yeah. So we specialize in rare and exotic houseplants. It's uh, a business that is very in right now. I didn't realize what kind of market there was for this kind of um, business, but there is there. I mean, plants are in right now, especially with COVID and everybody being home and, and everything that um, people want something to take care of. They want something to love. So we had always been very involved in plants. We had been collecting for years, my husband more than me. Um, So when COVID happened, we just kind of realized we're at home. We, his salary got cut my tutoring went down the drain, everything extra that I was doing throughout the year to make uh, ends meet, just it disappeared. So that's when we kind of all got together and and Pablo um, and David, it really was them at first. They were, you know, I had always said, you got to sell your plants. You got to sell your plants. Like that's the first thing that's going to go. And then he kind of twisted it into this business idea with David, who was very much into bonsais and, and had this beautiful eye for the art of bonsai. And so they kind of meshed their ideas together. And I just came on board to kind of help and support because I'm the kind of person that when I see something that can be done, I got to do it. Like, <laughs> I just, I have to. I can't sit there and be like, oh, well, you should do this, this, and this. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Just found a very, very natural rhythm working with the two of them, finding just ways to be as profitable as possible and connect with our customers as much as possible, which I think makes us stand out more than most companies today. I think a lot of companies will just post on their website and they're like, okay, that's it, you know? And the approach that we've taken is a much more personal one. So it was your husband and his cousin that were fiddling around with this, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. One of them had, David had a really, really great eye for bonsai. He was very into that. And then Pablo was just 
basically a collector. He enjoyed it. He had a passion right. for it. Right. And then you started noticing these things or they, they themselves decided to start a business out of it. Right. Or mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. It was, it was their, their brain child. It started off really. The goal was to make like 200, $300 a week just to kind of help cover costs. We had no idea that it was going to be as successful as it was. We posted a couple of plants that we thought were just regular house plants and people responded so passionately and so excited. And they, they, we had people reaching out, Hey, can I get, you know, five more orders of this one? Or when are you going to have this back? Or, and we just, it, it became very obvious to us that we didn't understand how blessed and how lucky we were to be in South Florida. It just goes hand in hand. South Florida and tropical houseplants, it's a match made in heaven. Um, And so as soon as we realized that we could build this, it was perfect. And it also really helped that from the beginning, David's aesthetics and vision for branding and marketing aligned almost perfectly with my vision and branding and my husband's vision. So it just kind of all worked that the three of us together could grow this into something that kind of took on a life of its own. We weren't expecting that we weren't ready for it in any sense of the word, but we made it happen. We did we we started to record patterns. When we saw people asking for the same things over and over again. That's when we went back. And since my husband and David had been building these relationships within the plant community for a while, they just kind of, it was an easy switch to go from um, personal collector to wholesale, like buying wholesale because they had already built that kind of relationship and they already had the foundation of knowledge in the, in that area. That's actually really interesting to me because I feel like sometimes we have these hobbies or we have these things that we do just for the joy of it. And we don't even consider that it could be turned into a business. But then when we sit down, yeah, and we're looking for all of the things that we would need to start this business, they're half of them or maybe more. Yeah, they're already like just sitting there. You just have to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I need that. It's like going through the grocery store. Okay, I need that. Oh, yeah, I got that. That one's over here. Yeah. So that's really interesting. How long were they doing business before you were like, no, 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 no. I need to jump in here. From day one, I was taking pictures. Yeah. So they had a couple of meetings and Pablo came home one day and said, oh, we started our website. And I was like, okay. So I went onto the website and I was like, oh, we're going to (laughs) work on this a little bit. So so the next day, literally the next day I went to David's house and I saw the plants that they had. And I was like, I'm going to take better pictures. So I took better pictures. I edited them. I posted them. I started the Instagram for them. I, I put up a couple of posts and almost immediately we started to get this response and started having people in our DMS. And, and this it, is a brand new Instagram account, right? Or it was yeah. a brand new Instagram account it and was immediately brand new day plant co. Um, like, were you we even hashtagging it? I'm just curious, like no. for people out there who are just starting something and they don't have any followers, like how do they get attention? No, you guys like, just, didn't even do hashtags. No, we had no idea what we were doing. We had, we didn't even know what like a Google campaign was. We didn't know that you could advertise on Instagram. This was all just stuff that you learned once you were in the trenches. And yeah. this is where Ooh, like I'm that. so glad that 
I didn't have time to think about it because if I had time to think about it, I would have thought about everything that would have gone wrong. You know, yes, it's the worst, right? But because it was just, they literally told me, okay, we started this business. This is what our vision is. And I was like, perfect. I'm on board with that. And so then I saw areas that they could improve and being a woman definitely gives you a different perspective. That is something I highly, highly believe in. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and explain that, please. Yeah. Their goals and their vision is very geared towards a man's eye almost. And I wanted to be more friendly, more open, more customer service, more warm and welcoming, more warm and more welcoming. I wanted to use uh, uh, brighter colors. I wanted things to be bright and and inviting. Whereas they just naturally go for a darker tone. Almost. I'm, I'm a, I'm a teacher. That's what I do for my full-time job. I'm a teacher. So I'm very good at reading the room and, and knowing how to kind of not personalize for each person, but that's what I do naturally with my students is I get to know you on a personal level and I will find ways to incentivize you personally. I know that I just can't do a blanket. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Pablo is in the market, he purchases fabrics and then David is, um, he works in healthcare, very, very different market. Yeah. So I definitely felt that being a woman and since our market is last time I checked, I think 77% of our followers are women. I think that definitely gives us an edge. Whereas other plant companies, when we go out to these, to these, vent, these fairs or these markets, it's a lot of men mm. um, owning these huge greenhouses and they have these beautiful plants, but it doesn't translate to sales all the time because your market is mostly women. So like they themselves are not connecting or their brand is not connecting to their audience. Right. I don't, I don't think so. And some people are doing it fantastic. There are yeah. some uh, that we look up to and we're just like in awe of them. We're like, wow, you guys are doing this right. You're connecting with your audience. You're connecting with your customers. And there's so much hype around their plants. There's so much yeah. hype around their product. And it's almost become a thing of like, I know I could get this plant from this vendor or this vendor. And I know that the, the plant that I'm going to get from this vendor is so much smaller and not as mature but it's coming from these guys. So right. it's the well, name that goes along with it. It's like, Oh, I got my plant from, you know, mm-hmm. and I won't say their name, but it, it, that's what we wanted to become. We wanted to become, a we'll say your name, Dave Plant Co. Right. Dave, like, Dave Plant Co. Yeah, I got my plant from Dave Plant Co. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I was just recording a podcast on brand identity and that's exactly what I was saying. It's like, You have to create a personality for your brand. And ultimately, especially now, because we're such a global economy, people can get things from so many different places that like you have to give them more reason than just that product or service to buy from you. People are looking to like resonate and connect with who's behind that product or service. And so that's what you guys are trying to do. You're trying to like create a personal relationship almost with your audience. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, and it, I realized there's a, because it's not just in our market, we're not selling books. We're not selling, you know, 
uh, stationary objects. We're, we're talking about living organisms. Um, so it becomes personal just on that level. The people connect to their plants on such a personal level because it's something that they're gonna invest their time and emotions and their energy into. And it's so rewarding to see them growing and to uh, be able to propagate your plants and to share it with other people. Um, it's such a rewarding experience. So what we do is we do a model called flash sales where we will only pick the best of the best in our batches. We wait until they're fully developed. We check their roots. We make sure that they're pest free, that they're fungus free, that they have no um, issues, that they're completely healthy and they look fantastic. And we only post those on our stories. We'll say, okay, flash sale, we'll give everybody a heads up and we'll post maybe 15 plants and they'll range from $20 to $600. Wow. And almost every single flash sale we sell out in the first, I would say four or five hours after posting because we are picking only the best. And we know that yeah. these people they're looking for something very specific. We know what they're looking for. We know that they're looking for the, the uniqueness. We know that they're looking for healthy roots. We know that they're looking for pest free, um, which is everything that we guarantee. And we've also been very, very good at, if we do not meet your expectations, we will fix it. Mm, that has always been my motto from day one. We cannot be the people that just disappear when things go wrong mm -hmm. because we are, we, we're in the business of building relationships. That's yeah. really what this has become. And I love it. I love it. I, I get on there and I'm, I've built relationships with people from California, Washington, uh, New Jersey. Um, I can't tell you how many times they'll tell us, oh, I'm buying this for my sister. She's about to give birth or I'm buying this for my brother. It's his birthday. And so we'll go and we'll write personal cards to them and say, happy birthday from Day Plant Co. Thank you so much for, you know, supporting us and blah, blah, blah. And we gain more traction and more customers. And by doing that and just adding those little touches that make that, that tap into the human psyche mm. and you feel like you belong to the community. And that's what we're really trying to do. It's, we're building relationships. We're trying to create this sense of trust with our customers, because there's a lot of trust in this. If you're buying a $600 plant, Woo, yeah, you better trust the people that you're buying this from. Mm -hmm. They need to pack it properly. They need to be taking care of it. They need to be yeah. making sure that um, they're tracking it with you. Like we will spend hours every week tracking our orders and making sure that they get to where they're supposed to go. A lot of companies don't do that. Yeah. They'll yeah, put it in a box. That's it. Yeah. They'll, they'll put it in their fine print. If it shows up dead, oh, well, too bad. Wow. Yeah. And then they lose a customer because you never buy yep. from them again. Yeah. And then they come to us and they buy our awesome plants and then that's it. Something goes wrong. We replace it. Do you think that as you grow as a company, that sort of integrity, that adherence to your values, you know, do you think that that's going to be hard to maintain or do you think that that's going to be a priority for you in like when you hire people, you're going to make sure that those handwritten notes get done and you're going to, you know, make that's sure the that hard, that's mm -hmm. the hard part. I, myself, I already have trust issues, <laughs> so it's really hard for me to delegate some of these yeah. tasks, even with the boys. Yeah. And so I don't, it, it's going to be hard. 
But I don't think that, I think it's hard because my values will never change in that sense. Um, it's hard because it's nerve wracking to think maybe someone else won't care as much as I do, which I know they won't. I know that that's unrealistic to expect somebody coming into this to care about this baby as much as I do, because this is, I see it as my baby. I see it as my child that I'm cherishing and, and putting all this energy into to help it grow. And I know I won't get that response from somebody else. And I can't expect that from anybody else. But I think I have always been very, very clear about how I want to serve our customers. And I don't think I ever, if, and if we do not meet those expectations, that's the only time that we have really, where the boys, I call them the boys, um, David and Pablo and I have butted heads is where I don't yeah. feel like we're taking care of a customer enough. And usually I win just because, um, <laughs> Because it makes sense. And like the feedback, the feedback you're getting is like, okay, we just lost a customer. So like, it's undeniable. You can't be like, no, 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 it's fine. They're going to, you know, they're still going to buy. No, they said they're never going to buy from us again. That's, that's pretty clear. Yeah. And so, and, and of course there's always those crazy people who are trying to just they always find something to complain about and about so exactly. they can get a discount. Yeah. They'll, yeah, yeah. they'll open the box or, and they'll like, they'll break the stem and they'll say, Oh, look at what happened. We're like, have um, you, you've had, you know like, how often fresh? do you get that? Um, probably in the, the two and a half years we've been doing this probably like 10, 10 or 11 cases where we're wow. just like, um, that doesn't make sense <laughs> or, or we will replace the plant or we'll, we'll refund them almost immediately. And then they go and they still do a charge back. So they're trying to get double. So we'll <gasps> refund them. Wow. Like, so we had this lady, we sent wow. her this beautiful plant. It didn't arrive well, which happens, mm-hmm. but we immediately within two hours had given her a full refund, $300. No questions asked. We just said, you know what? It didn't arrive to our expectations. It didn't arrive to your expectations. We're so sorry. Um, and within two hours had issued the full refund. She turned around, left us the nastiest review on Google, left us the nastiest review on Facebook, went on oh to all God. of the plant purge groups, left horrible messages uh, about us on all of these plant groups, and then um, went to her bank and still re- requested a $300 chargeback after we had already refunded for $300. So she wanted an extra $300 claiming that the experience working with us had triggered her PTSD. <laughs> I should have used that. I was just dealing I, with Apple customer service. I should have I like gotten a letter from my therapist saying. <laughs> I can't make this up. So we went back and we responded, you know, we wrote explaining the entire situation because we didn't want that horrible review to reflect out of thousands of fantastic orders that arrived great and thousands of happy yeah, customers. The and worst, then you have yeah. this one that goes and ruins it. It's just, yep. it's so frustrating and it happens. Well, you it can happens. also ask, I don't know if she did that on Yelp or Google, but you can always ask them to review it. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes they'll remove them yeah. if it's like we, really ridiculous. We thought about it, but our risk, we, we, I was pretty confident in my response to her. And I think I think it's important that people see a little crazy so that they can identify and be like, 
this person's crazy. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. So don't touch my baby. Don't, don't try to hurt my baby. This is my, this company means the world to me. And so I'm very protective of it. And so and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud. I'm very protective. It, it is a side business, but that doesn't make it any less special to me. I think, and I've encouraged everybody in my life, everybody open your own business. Even <laughs> if it's, even if it's, you know, something that you're doing on the weekends for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working since I was 15 and immediately realized I love making my own money. That's just me. I don't want to depend on anybody else for anything. Um, I'm just very independent in that sense. Moving forward, I wouldn't say that I ever thought of myself as a hustler or a businesswoman. That just was never something I considered myself. That's funny that you say that. It's funny you say that because that was one of my questions. Had you been somebody who was since you were 15 being like, okay, you know what? This is temporary because eventually I'm going to start my own thing. And it just sounds like you said, no, no, I, well, in high school, I went to a magnet school for theater. So Mm -hmm. my background was always in acting and working on stage, working backstage. I I was very involved in stage managing and, and everything that goes into that. Um, And then when I was 18, I got pregnant with my son. And so had to take a step back from that. And realized, crap, acting isn't going to work out. What do I do? Yeah. Realized teaching came very naturally to me. And it was something I really enjoyed. So went to school for teaching. Immediately started working as soon as I graduated. And never really thought about anything else. Never even considered just because I was happy. And teaching kind of gave me that independence that I was looking for. Because if you do a good job, they leave you alone. They do. I was very lucky in that sense that I had my classroom. I built these relationships with my students. They were learning. They were maturing and growing. No one had any problems. So I had my my own little world that I created with my students. That was a beautiful thing. And, and I still stay in contact with my students from 10 years ago. But then COVID happened and and yeah. even- And I can't even, believe, I can't believe they cut your salaries because you were still- yeah. You were still working, right? Like you mm-hmm. had to do virtual classes. Right. And, and because it was COVID, I lost. So something that I also realized very early on is if I'm bored, I get into trouble. I cannot be <laughs> bored. <laughs> I have to be doing something constantly. I do not like to be idle. So I took on extra clubs. I took on Model UN. I took on National Junior Honor Society. I would chaperone every single event. I taught six classes. If they asked me to do something, I was there. I was always the first one to offer my time and my energy extra for the school. Um, And then when COVID happened, that was the worst. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? I'm not tutoring. I'm not doing my clubs. I'm not teaching in, in person. I've lost that connection, you know, that, that, that socialness that I get every day. And then that's when DPC started. And I was like, okay, this also comes very naturally to me. I can do this. This is something I'm good at. And so here we are today. (laughs) So besides like dealing with some 
crazy reviews every now and then. What have been some of the struggles that you guys have dealt with? Hmm. So definitely growing has been quite literally growing pains. Because we all work full time, it's difficult to to put in as much time and energy and effort as we know that we we want to put into DPC. We all are very protective. Just, so I keep on saying I'm protective and I love this company, but I think David and, and Pablo are just as protective and, and love it just as much. And at the day, even though our vision is congruent, it's still not exactly identical. So there are differences in how we should market. There are differences in how we should brand, which, what artists should we work with? What plants are we putting on our flash sales? Um, how do we respond to, um, to, to customers that are a little bit crazy? So just because we're all so different and we have different backgrounds and we have different um, strengths and different weaknesses, we're definitely going to butt heads in regards to that. And, it, and it's easy to fall into this trap of, oh, well, I did all this work this week. So next week, you guys have to do such and such. And I have had to take a huge step back and say, that is not helping anyone with that kind of attitude. Um, so I've had to really adapt this attitude of if I want something done, I'm doing it for me, not right. to get a pat on the back, not for the guys to say, okay, you did so much good work this week. We're going to handle it next week. I don't do it for that. I put in as much as I do because I want to, and because I want, because it's a passion, because yeah. I don't want to put out anything that's not a hundred percent. Yeah. And, but not for recognition, not for recognition. Exactly. Yeah. I've had to take the ego out of it big time. That's um, actually something that came up a lot for me when I was running my businesses and I would hire because I personally had multiple things going on. And so whenever I went into a new business with a partner, I would attempt to create a role for myself that wasn't the operating partner. You know, like right. I, I would make it, you know, listen, I'm, I'm bringing you in so that you're the operating partner and I'm going to be X, Y, and Z. Right. Right. And, and after doing that a couple of times, like that's something that came up a lot that people would get resentful that they're doing the day-to-day -day work, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it was then frustrating for me because also I would be like, well, this is what we discussed at the get-go, we right. both agreed to this. We negotiated this. This is the agreement. So I, and I, I go ahead. think that's where we fell short. We did not have we that conversation at that beginning because we had no idea mm -hmm. how this was going to grow. We didn't have the foresight of, okay, this is how this is going to grow in the next two years. So these are going to be our aligned roles. We were just kind of making it up as we went because we don't, I don't have any background in business. I have no background in customer relations and social media and public relations. I have no, no idea about any of that, but hindsight is 2020. Yeah. If I were to go back at those first couple of meetings, I would have definitely made it very clear what our roles were going to be moving forward in the company. Well, um, as you grow, as, I think you still as, have to do that. 
as and, we and, evolve and as we grow, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, depending on if there's contracts saying something specific, maybe certain things are immovable or inflexible, but I would say like, as you grow, there should always be a return to the original system and, and say right. like, okay, does this system, if I overlay that on the circumstances now, does that still make sense? Right. Because now we're bringing in, I don't know, three, three new people. And so then if it doesn't make sense, maybe even a new contract has to be written up. But, but I do believe that there should always be contract and and yes. also when it comes to the values that we were talking about, like we were talking about how uh, one of your company values is like integrity, you know, like this is what we're promising you. And if that falls short, then we are going to find a way to make up for it because right. that's, that's a non-negotiable for us. Right. Exactly. So you're talking about not necessarily that specific value, but because there are different perspectives between the partners, sometimes things can I mean, just be seen from different perspectives and that can cause conflict. So I, I would even go as far to say that like there should be a kind of overlapping written down description of these are our promises. And in every scenario, if these things are not being met or if we are not showing up in this way, then like that's a problem. Like th that shouldn't happen. We always have to be showing up in this way. We always have to be exuding right. this kind of persona and this kind of, these kind of values. And I think they should be written down. I think they should be really clear for everybody so that a conflict doesn't happen, right? Because if anybody's yeah. ever unsure about how to act in a certain scenario, they can just refer back to, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, am I showing this? Am I, is my language showing this is, you know, is the customer feeling this emotion from me? Right. Like, especially because it makes your like, expectations very, very clear. Totally. And I think that's a huge thing about just relationships in general. Oh yeah. Expectations, totally. you know, mm -hmm. what are your expectations and how do you meet them? And there was somebody that we were going to work with a, a while ago who we were interested in, you know, being one of our cultivators for some of the plants. And I, had, I, I kind of took a back seat because I didn't like his attitude. He was at one of the, he was just very macho. He was mm -hmm. very, you know, intimidating and very like loud and in your face. And I don't do confrontation very well at all. I knew that I was going to get emotional because I don't respond well to that attitude. So I told yeah. Pablo, I said, one of the things, the only question that I have for him is what are his expectations for us? And I stood there and I watched Pablo relay that question to him and said, uh, what are your expectations from us? And he said, I have no expectations. That's not what this is about. And I said, that right there was a huge red flag. If you're not mm. willing to communicate your expectations of us, right. And we can't tell you, or if what you're not even aware enough, you, right. So what, what is the purpose of doing business with you? Yeah, that that was my next question is, okay, then what's the purpose? What do you want? Because everybody wants something. So what how are we going to scratch each other's backs? Because right. this doesn't work unless we're both in this mutualistically. Yeah. So and, and then also, if he's not willing to put words to what he's looking for in a client or in, right. you know, because he's selling to you um, or a partnership of any yeah. Then way. it's almost like he doesn't value that partnership. Right. You know, it's like you could be anybody. It doesn't matter who you are as long as you give me your money. 
Mm-hmm. And like, that's not cool. That's, that's not who you want to work with because they're not going to work with you. They're not going to, they're right. not going to help solve solution, uh, like create solutions and like give you the best service. Cause mm-hmm. they don't, they don't care if they're giving you the best service. Right. And something that made me, my ears kind of pick up was this was someone who was into bonsai mm. and then was trying to kind of get into the plant market. So I knew that this guy was eventually going to become our competition. So I was already working, uh. moving very, very carefully treading this very carefully in regards to the information that we were sharing with him and, you know, letting him know where we were sourcing from the, the relationships that we had down here in South Florida and and in central Florida. So it almost felt like he just kind of wanted to pretend to be our friend for a little bit to kind of get our information, get kind of get into the space. And then from there, you know, build up his own company. But I was getting very frustrated with the boy sharing all of this information very willingly. And I was like, hold up, hold up. Wait, we don't, I I don't know this guy. I know that um, they had more of a relationship with him, but from my perspective, red flags all over the place. And Mm -hmm. I just was not about that. So for me, a lot of it has been taking out my ego because mm-hmm. that's something very, very difficult for me to do and not take everything personally, but also trust my gut instinct, trust, you know, that, that when something feels wrong to me, I've had to learn how to voice it in a way that's not coming from an emotional place. And I think that's really easy because already as a woman, everybody's just expecting you to be emotional and angry and mad. They like already disregard what you're saying or invalidate what you're saying before you even say it because they just assume that it's coming from emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I find that in the past, I've tried to come off tougher, stronger, right? Like maybe louder or maybe even a little bit angrier so that I'm not- So you don't get walked over. Exactly. And, And God forbid you cry. Like absolutely not. You can't cry. You know, I think we've had this conversation that I don't cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm angry, like when my heart races and and I just want to rip your head off. And I Mm -hmm. hate that about me. I hate it. I hate it. But, and it's something that I'm working on how to like control that. Yeah. Because it is seen as a sign of weakness, but I'm like, this is when I'm at my strongest. This is when I want to rip off your head. You know, I really, (laughs) I really do not mean I really feel like that because I know that feeling, you know, I've, I know that feeling well, that feeling comes from anger. Yes. But also frustration at not being heard. I feel like it's, it's not being heard that causes you to start like bubbling in the inside with rage. And then the only thing you can do, especially as a woman is cry because you can't show anger. You can't be an angry person. Right. You can't get loud. You can't be. And it's funny because I just said that that's what I would do, but that's what I would do that would then turn people off. You know, people would get turned off by the fact that I was loud or angry. Yeah. And, and that's what happens when you're, when you don't, when you're not being heard or you're not being considered, what else can you do? You can either cry and then you're invalidated for being emotional or mm-hmm. rage. And or you get angry and for, then you're still being crazy, emotional, crazy yeah. emotional. You can't control yourself. 
and it's it, it's been such a learning experience mm-hmm. and such a journey to understand how to work not just with adults because honestly my entire career has been working with children which yeah. they're easy yeah. I have no problem people are like your job is so hard I don't know how you could do that how you could work with children I'm like they are the easy they are so eager to learn they're so eager to absorb to please and connect and they're eager to with please. you yeah and they're so yes all they want to do is they want to be respected and they want to be treated like a human If you can do that, if you can treat them like a human and not just a subject that has to learn because you're saying so, Mm. you've made all the difference in the world. But on top of that, to work with not just adults, but to speak to men that are our family and and show them, look, I know you knew me as Kat, as, as, well, my nickname's Kat. I know you know me as Kat. I'm in your head. I'm Cameron's mom and the teacher and this. What you're not seeing me as and what I want to be seen as is your business partner who has amazing ideas and is willing to see them through, who yeah. wants to, to grow and sees, sees so much potential and has the tools to make it happen and to be taken seriously. I feel like women are, are, I mean, of course we're underestimated and I feel like especially men don't understand how many different facets women in general have. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, there's not everybody, right? Everybody's not the same, but I feel like so many of us, especially when we're doing business, we have so many faces, you know, like, like you just said, the mom, the wife, the sister, cat, right? Yes. The regular mm-hmm. human when you're not in relation to anybody else, right. the regular human cat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you mean? Of course I can be this and be that. Right. But I, and I just think- because I'm not at your, your intelligence disposal. level oh. or your, 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 I'm not as well educated in finances, maybe. Okay. I'm not asking to be a part of the finances. You know, I'm not asking to be, um, I'm just being I'm, I'm asking to be heard. I'm being asked to be taken seriously. Yeah. I understand that I'm not going to have all the answers. I know that I'm not going to um, be able to do everything 100%, which is why I think this company has worked so well, is because it really has been a team effort. And we have figured out what each one of us is best at. David mm-hmm. is much more like you. He's more of a visionary. He has these ideas, but because of his schedule and because of his lifestyle right now, he has two kids. They're, they're both involved in, in sports and extracurricular activities. He just may not be able to apply them and put them into action. Whereas me, I'm very action oriented. I want to get it done. So if you give me the idea I'll make it happen. So you're like an executor. That's how my ex yes. was. My ex was like the implementer. Like yes. I would be like, Hey, I want to do this. I want to create this. And then he'd like walk out the door and be like, and come back and be like, okay, we got X, Y, and Z in place. Yes. We're going. And I would be like, Woo-hoo! <laughs> let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, and it's been learning that about each other because we've known each other for so long as friends and family. We didn't really know each other as business partners, which is a completely different dynamic. Totally. Like a hundred percent. But then also 
what I've realized is most people don't know what their strengths are either. Even though I was creating all of these businesses, I didn't realize that my strength was being that visionary, was sort of motivating everybody to get it done, was giving everybody confidence that, no, this is fucking possible and it's going to happen and we're going to do it and there's no space for no. I didn't even realize that that was, that that could be a role. You know what I mean? Like, and, and what happened was I kept beating myself up for the things that I wasn't. I'm not that person that wants to be there every day doing all the tedious tasks. I can't do it. I'm going to get bored. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm just not going to, I don't want to do it. And and I'm going to be angry. Horrible. Yes. Yeah. But, but the problem is that, but everybody else doesn't know these things either. And so it took me, I want to say like eight years, maybe even longer to really be like, this is what my strengths are. And even then, even when I was able to communicate that to people, like I said earlier, I still had problems down the line with people being like, even though you communicated this, even though we agreed on this, now I don't agree anymore. And, and then I had to become again, those things that I wasn't really great at. Right. Being the frustrating. Yep. I hear you a hundred percent. Would you say that that's part of where imposter syndrome comes from? Because I feel like I, I'm right there. I know that I've, we've been successful. I know that we've grown so much and I have so many plans and, and so much vision for our future, but I'm still constantly telling myself, is it enough? Am I doing enough? There's never enough. Enough is is like perfect. Enough doesn't exist. I mean, okay. So actually this, I feel like this is like a little bit of a contradiction because I don't want to say that you're not enough because it's not that it's like enough is an irrelevant term, right? Right. You're never going to know enough. You're never going to have every single skill that you could ever have where you could be the only one to run an entire business yourself uh, without help. Like enough is irrelevant. Just like perfection is irrelevant. It, mm-hmm. It's like, we shouldn't even have those words in our vocabulary. But then on the other side, like whatever you do have is enough. Yes. If that make does that make sense? Yeah. How it's like, yeah. Um, so like, there's a million reasons that we can talk ourselves out of something. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not good at graphic design. Oh, you know, this logo is nice, but I feel like it could be better. So I'm not going to start yet. Or what, you know, whatever the case, I don't know how to do accounting. I don't know how to, I don't have a manufacturer yet. You know, like there's a thousand million reasons why we cannot start. You said with your company, DPC, that if you had really sat down and started thinking about it and like planning for it maybe it wouldn't have gotten going so fast. There's that quote, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yes, you can plan a little bit, right? Like you do, you do research, you plan what you need to plan and then you fucking go. There's always more to plan. There's always more to research. And eventually you just hit a point where there's nothing left to do except for start. And there's so many things also, like you mentioned, that you're not going to learn and you're not going to know until you start. Until you do it, 100%. If I told you, how our first couple of orders went out, you would like cringe. You'd be the inside of That's your heart okay, would go, oh, because I think back on it and I think, oh, like we sent out, I had no idea what we were doing. We yeah. started getting in these orders and we all like, we looked at each other and we were super excited. We were like, oh my gosh, we, we made a sale. What no do we way. do now? 
How do we, Nobody how do we get these things? We didn't even think about how are we going to get this shipped out? So I ran to the UPS store. I got boxes. I got some, some peanuts and, and I wrapped up the plants and I just kind of put them on top of the peanuts and we sent it to Kansas. That was our first order. It was an allocation poly to Kansas city, literally in the middle of nowhere. And it arrived perfectly. Oh. Then we get a second, thank God. Then we get another order and it's like all these little succulents. It's like six, six different plants. Try to do the same thing. It arrived. It was a, a disaster. Ugh. It was a mess. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but and that's I felt part of it awful. though. I sat there. I was on my son's birthday trip and we're sitting on this beautiful beach and I'm sobbing. Ugh. I am so my heart is broken. I'm like, I can't do this. This is horrible. I'm so bad. <laughs> that at was this. like your blah, second blah, blah. order and you're already our second order. And then David uh, was like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to. And so see, that's him. We, yeah, we exactly. So then yeah. we, we went back and we first, we started wiring them in. We were like, we got to find a way to hold the plants in place because they're moving around too much and the soil's getting out. So we just started like playing with it. We, we uh -huh. tried so many different things until we finally figured out something that worked for us. Yeah. And we've had so much success with it. And we don't do it like anybody else in the plant community. I can tell you right now, no one ships their plants like we do. And there are thousands of plant companies. So that's making me think of money, right? If you have unlimited funds or just a really healthy bank account that you can just pour money into this and you don't have to think twice about it, sure, go hire somebody to teach you how to ship this thing right? Go hire somebody to help you figure out how to market and sell and blah, 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 right? Most, I, I will say most people when they're starting a business are starting it like how you guys started it. You got a full-time job and you're just exploring a hobby on the side and you're like, oh, let me put it on Etsy and like, just see if anybody bites. And then mm -hmm. people start biting and you start getting orders and you're like, oh fuck, I didn't sign up for this. I don't know how to do it. And then you start figuring it out. You don't have a budget for these things. Like yeah. maybe you have a $2,000 credit card you can use, but that's not enough to hire a consultant to teach you how to do everything. Right. And so right. because you took that little bit of a hit in the beginning, it's like you have to go backwards before you can go forward. Yes. So you went a little bit backwards so that you then had to figure out what works for you guys. And because of that, you found a better system than anybody else is using. Absolutely. I fully, fully believe that the way we ship our plants is unlike anything else on the market. And with the resources that are at our fingertips today, there is no reason anybody can say I can't because of lack of knowledge or lack yeah. of, um, I just don't know how to design a website. Shopify, you can, I don't know anything about Shopify. I can go on there and build a website in three to four hours. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing right now for my second little side baby that I'm building right now. I'm, I'm teaching myself. I'm, I'm learning how to build my own website through Shopify. And it's yeah. so user-friendly. There's no excuse YouTube. We, we looked at so many YouTube videos on how to pack plants and what people were doing. And we thought, okay, we can do that better. Mm -hmm. We can take that idea and we can take it to the next level. There's no reason anybody can say or should say, I can't do this because I don't know. 
or I can't because I don't have the resources. Yes. It's a want. Yeah. At this point, I mean, back in the day it was harder, but people still did it right back in the day. It wasn't at your fingertips. You couldn't Google. You had to seek out a human being that knew how to do something, or you had to go to the library and read 12 books until you found what you were looking for right now. It's at our fingertips and there is no excuse, but what it is, is it's a little bit of laziness. And then it comes down to imposter syndrome. Even if I I don't know if I can, right. Even if I find the information, I'm not going to be able to do it. Like even with this podcast, I was thinking in my head that it's been about a year since I was trying to get myself to start this podcast. It's actually been like four or five years. that I have been dealing with imposter syndrome, preventing me from starting this thing. I, I've been really, really proud of myself because there's so, there's been so many reasons that I could have been like, Oh no, 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 I can't do this. Editing a podcast, finding music for a podcast, figuring out how to record on this damn zoom and like get the files, Mm -hmm. you know, like there have been so many reasons that I could have just been like, no, 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 I need to, I need to hire somebody, but then I can't afford to hire somebody to edit all of these. And so then every time I hit a a block or a hurdle or an obstacle, I just YouTube it. And, and I find what I'm looking for 99.9% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I get past the obstacle, but most people, and I even said this to my ex the other day, I, cause I sent him a picture of what I was working on. So it was like all the they're called tracks. So I'm such an amateur, Um, (laughs) like all the tracks on the screen of like the different Uh sounds, like the music, the intro, the outro, the, the whatever. And so I sent him a picture and he was like, Oh, it looks really complicated. And I was like, but I know how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's really not complicated, but I like that you think it's complicated. Yeah. Because it, and, and it makes you feel so good when you do totally like when you figured out how to pack it. Yeah, it was. At, and when we get those pictures of people opening up their plants and they're they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys are the best. You guys, I've never received a plant in this kind of condition. Yeah. And, and it's just such a great feeling. And it's so validating and it's so motivating. Like you're mm-hmm. like, OK, I got this. Now let's take it to the next level. Let's do more. Let's how yeah. do we. Well, cause you're bringing We've got this down. Now we do the next thing. And that, that, that is a huge part of why this is so rewarding. The, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do something like this. If I knew I wasn't bringing something to the table that people really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I could sell, sell you something you didn't want. I don't know if I could do that, but because I love these plants and I've grown a a love and a passion for taking care of them, it feels so good to share that and, and be able to get them in on it. I know I have access to these beautiful, rare, exotic plants that everybody in the plant community wants, but I don't want to keep them all to myself. I want to give them to you and I'm going to ship them to you in a safe way. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be the best of the best. And you're going to be able to turn around and, and love on that thing for the next year, two years, three years, however long you take care of it. And that's so rewarding. And I think, I, I, I don't think I could do this if it was anything that I wasn't passionate about. There are like influencers out there that tell you, you don't have to be passionate about the business that you're doing. You don't have to like, don't actually, you don't, don't have to, but I don't think it's going to 
be as successful. Yeah. Because number one, you need to have passion to sell. Right. And of course, okay, fine. You hire somebody who can either fake passion about the product or, or they're passionate about it. Right. You don't have to be passionate about it. Um, But then also it's like, there has to be something that fuels you, that gives you like that little boost to just overcome whatever obstacles, because there's always going to be obstacles. So there needs to be something that you're like, okay, this sucks. But ultimately, I love that I'm bringing joy to people or I love whatever, whatever. So and that's going to push you over that obstacle. Exactly. You have to have something to look forward to on the other side of that really hard moment. So like when we're in the middle of an argument and we're not seeing eye to eye on something, you know what I'll think about? And I know this is crazy. I'm thinking about my next flash sale. I'm like, (laughs) okay, that's okay. I'm going to think about what really makes me happy about this company what I really enjoy doing. And I'm excited to share the plants. I'm excited to take fantastic photos and share that with people and get people excited about these things because they are so unique and so beautiful. And I'm going to connect with our customers. I have several people who have been buying from us since day one. And so every single flash sale they're there, they're hyping us up, they're, they're liking everything and they're, oh my gosh, this is so gorgeous. I know they're not gonna buy anything, but there's that connection yeah. that we've built. And when they are ready to buy something, I know they're gonna come to us because they have. They, they'll tell us, oh, when you have this plant, just let me know, uh, I'm the first one on your list. And I'm like, absolutely, you're the first on our list. And I, it's true, I have lists of people that, that are waiting for their dream plant from us. Yeah. That's that blows my mind. <laughs> that people put that much trust in us. If you had told me 10 years ago, "Oh yeah, this is what you're going to be doing on your Saturdays and your Sundays." I would think you were absolutely insane. It it just fell into our lap and it was such a beautiful thing that we were able to I I think no matter what you're going to have issues. I think no matter what you're going to have problems you're not always going to have people that you work well with. And I think David, Pablo, and I just work well together. I think our personalities complement each other. I think we all want the same thing. We all are passionate about this. And we all take a lot of pride and ownership and responsibility for this company and its success. So I think finding good people is also something that can make or break you. And if they're not good people, sometimes it's better to just do it on your own Mm -hmm. until you can find that right person. Um, I have a friend of mine who, who she's such a beautiful artist. She is. And she, and unfortunately it's like every time I, she, she wants to work with somebody else. She wants, she just doesn't want to do it by herself. She wants to bring in other people to work with. I'm like, but you could do it on your own. You could put out your artwork. I could, I want you to make like artwork that I could sell on the, um, I'm building um, basically a plant themed e-commerce. So it's an everything but the plant boutique. So Day Plant Co, we focus on the plants, but a lot of people reach out to us and they're like, oh, do you sell artwork or do you sell pots? Do you sell a fertilizer? Do you sell? And we're like, no, you know, we really try to stick to what we know and what we do best, which is just the plant. I'm like, why can't we 
build this. And that wasn't something that I felt that David and Pablo were as passionate as I was. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build this company. And it's taken me so much longer than I thought it was going to, but it's still in the works. I have an appointment later on today to get my bank account finally established because I finally got all my paperwork settled and it's going to happen. Amazing. But I feel like, what is it called? It's going to be cat and vine. Cat and vine. Cat and vine. Do you have an Instagram for it yet? I do, but it doesn't really have anything on it yet, but it will soon. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me today and telling me again about everything you've got going on. Absolutely. I'm always excited to hear about it. Yes. And you've been my, my little, you let me vent to you. And when I'm in those down moments, I appreciate that so much. So I am more than happy to continue talking to you. You've always been a huge ear that I value in my life and and a brain that I love to pick at too. So (laughs) thank you. I don't know if we've said it already, but why don't you just say again, like your handles and where they can find you and where they can find the flash sale. Absolutely. Um, the Instagram is Dave plant co. Uh, the website is daveplantco.com. I would tell everybody if you are interested in following along, uh, watch our stories. That's how we do our flash sales. Um, we do them every couple of days. Now that we're going into the summer, we'll probably start doing daily flash sales. Um, but right now we have about three to five flash sales a week now that the temperatures are warming up. Mm -hmm. And so we got one later today. We'll do another one on Monday. We'll do one. We have one scheduled for next Thursday. So we we're loving what we're doing and we're so excited for everything. And I appreciate you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you and your time today. All right, my love. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this episode about Dade Plant Co. and about Christine's story and everything that they've gone through to make Dade Plant Co. the thriving exotic plant company that it is today has inspired you to possibly start your own or just take what you've already got to the next level because that's my goal here. That's what I want for you. Please give us a five-star review, share this with your friends, give us a like, and find the video for this episode on my website. See you next time. Have a great day and stay audacious.